All right. Good, absolutely wonderful Sunday afternoon to all the people dialing in that are going to see this. It's going to be another great broadcast. I have Pastor Eric Anderson of Global Outreach Community Church, also does a tremendous work with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I'm going to tell you, we had such a great time last week talking about daughters and what they want from their fathers. Um, tremendous conversation. We went we went into a lot of detail about what we've went through in our own personal families, but I will tell you it resonated with people. I'm still getting a lot of feedback, a lot of communication. Um, it touched a lot of people, touched a great deal of people. So we're gonna be touching on part two, and I promise, I promise my, my coach said that we went a little long uh, last week. We're about an hour and 40 minutes, um, but I will tell you, we're going to keep it as close to about an hour, hour and 10 minutes as possible. But you know, this was a good we had a good time. We had a really, really good time last week. We're going to do the same again. Um, if this is your first time dialing in to see the broadcast. I'm the blended family guy. This is the blended family playbook. We come at you every Sunday with some very relevant and I hope insightful topics that can help you with your family. Now, I'm not going to say just blended families in the traditional respect, but also how to blend your work, your life, your career, all those things to have a very harmonious and successful family. That's what the point of this broadcast is. We want to help people be successful, not just survive, but to thrive in their family environment. We're going to help you eliminate the, the, the curve, right? We want you to go from, uh, we want to eliminate all that learning, right? <laughs> um, that time in, in, in the dugout, that time on the field, um, in the trenches and give you a few growth hacks um, to become a, a little more knowledgeable about your situation. And so we're gonna, I'm gonna use all those things that I messed up in and messed up on um, to help you. So that's the point of the broadcast. Um, Enjoying it, right? Part two, man, it's going to be a, another good one. We're going to be going really deep into the bitterness that sometimes fathers, I'm sorry, sons have towards their fathers. And we're going to try to help some, some men out there who have a whole lot of hatred and unforgiveness in their hearts towards their fathers. And we're going to help you hopefully understand that in some of these situations, your father just didn't have the capacity to support you in that particular situation, in that particular point in your life. It wasn't that they didn't want to, it's they didn't know how to. So we're gonna to touch on that. Pastor Anderson is gonna bring a lot of relevant insight because he did a survey of several, several men over 40 who were having problems still from times when, you know, from their father in life or or wanting that insight and not having, having it. So really good discussion, ready to get going. I'm going to tell you, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Marcus A. Holmes. That's who I am uh, on Instagram, Marcus. And a matter of fact, let's let's put that up there. But, yeah, this is going to be some really amazing, amazing stuff. So here, give me one second here. There we go. If you want to follow me, go to Instagram, Marcus A. Holmes, Facebook group page. 
just do a search on hashtag strong blend YouTube search on the blended family guy and my website, which is about to get, Oh, I'm sorry. I have a free gift for anybody that's interested. It's called the six, the six points on how to become a successful blended family. You can download that for free right now at marcushomesgifts.com. Really great resource. And here's another way to get in contact with me and stay in the loop, but also get that free gift. Text the word family to the number 240-747-7115 and we'll get you going there too. All right, that being said, man, let's go ahead and get it going. Um, Pastor Eric Anderson, let's go ahead and get into it, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, man. I'm just glad that I could come home and just get on my uh, my wonderful energy drink here. <laughs> and it is healthy, not a lot of sugar. Uh, just relaxing from a great day of worship and a great day with uh, the body of Christ. And again, let me thank you for allowing me to be on this platform. Last week, we had a great time. I think we yeah. had so much to share that before we looked up, it was about, what, an hour and 45 minutes? <laughs> yeah, we, we were going strong. And that was on me. I get so excited about this uh, topic. Um, and it was, you know, all the topics I get excited about. But you're right. Um, we got to cut a little short. We got to cut a little short. <laughs> although, although, guys, and just to give you some good, um, some good uh, background, just to let you know, guys, we are about to be on iTunes. Um, we're almost there, so that should happen. No, it will happen this week, and you'll start seeing the broadcast um, there. But you can get us on SoundCloud, on YouTube. Um, we're doing some other things to add value to the platform for our listeners. So where you are, that's where we're going to be in terms of listening. But, um, man, I'm, I'm excited, Eric. It was a great broadcast. Uh, I think it's been viewed uh, well over 4,000 times now. Um, and I think when I haven't even checked the other platforms, but I'm just, I'm just, uh, I was very excited about the, the dialogue and the, um, the feedback from our listeners. So man, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. So yes. Hey man. So, um, man, I'm ready to get into it this time, man. So, so, um, I'm, I'm glad you're on. I thank you for giving me your time. I want to say thank you to your lovely wife again for, uh, I know you guys have been on the road. You were at a pastor's conference, uh, uh, learning some valuable information, but I know you're, you're, uh, it's not like you're sitting on the couch, um, waiting for opportunities to come your way. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And like you said, man, you know, I love what I do. And there are times when people ask me, how do I keep up with my schedule? Uh, I try to live a, a disciplined life, try to put everything down on a schedule and live by my calendar. And a lot of people, uh, they don't love, the, they don't like to live by a calendar, but when you understand that, uh, a calendar just gives you a framework to work from and it helps you. So, yes, I was at a pastor's conference, but more or less, I was really doing some work of Fellowship of Christian Athletes, meeting with the Dallas Fort Worth board and a few of their board members and directors, just strategizing for what we want to do in Costa Rica. Um, as I said last week, I am the international coordinator for Texas as well as Latin America. I help our staff here in Texas strategize through the three platforms. So we, so I would say, uh, pray, give, go. So we were just doing that in Dallas and had a good time. So hey, I'm ready to go when you're ready to go tonight. Man, I'm well. Hey, we're, we're going to get right into it. Um, I think this is a, a a very sensitive area for a lot of men. 
Um, and I think a lot of women and children and business associates of men who have unresolved issues with their father, they have to deal with it. They have to deal with the repercussions, the ripple effect of that unresolved challenge, that unresolved gap in, in that, that relationship. So um, I think this is a really good topic, very excited to, 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 to dive into it. So let's, let's, um, let's have some background on that. Can you, can you touch on what you did? What inspired you to do this survey? And let's start going through some of these points. Um, how many points do you have? Is about 10, 12 points? How many well, today, do you today, just from the survey that we conducted with men over the age of 40, I condensed it down to about 15 points that the men share with me on what they wish they had from their father now at the age of 40 or older. So this is from uh, a survey conducted when I spoke at Dad University. And I had two sessions. Uh, one, the session was on uh, what I wish I had from my dad. And then the second session was on it's not too late. Mm. That for men, it's not too late. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's not too late to reconcile that relationship with your father. It's... um. <laughs> and, and give us a little background on this dad university. Um, is it something that men can tie into? Yes. So Jeff Springer met him through the fellowship of Christian athletes and he has put together this dad university and he has a huge vision of what he wants to do with this dad university. So he brought in about six to eight pastors to speak on different topics on how do we become better at being a dad. Because really, you can write this stuff in the book, but most of this, if not all of this, is learned through life experiences. So there are just some things that life would teach you that you won't always find in the book. So even though we have these great books out, great manuals on how to be a great dad, there are just some things that life will teach you. And like we said last week, there's more caught than taught. So there are a lot of things that we'll just catch uh, over the long haul of life. So the survey stemmed from Dad University. So I can share those dates with you for next year's platform. But then we also had breakout sessions. And each of these sections dealt with men, their pain, their hurts, their disappointments, things that they're still working on as a dad that either affects their children or it affects them personally. Man, this is this is. Um so for, for all you listeners out there, with the advent of technology, with social media, the internet, if you as a father or a mother or a son, daughter, there's something out there, there's resources out there that you can tap into. And you have what's what I call virtual mentors. You might not ever know the person facilitating this discussion on YouTube or Facebook Live, but they can add definite value. So, yes, I, I, you know what what I am saying, and this is the tough talk. This is the strong talk. There is no excuse for me as a man at this day and time when most people have a cell phone that is connected to the Internet. I can run a search on how to become a better dad, 
how to how to enable forgiveness in my life. There there is no reason for me not to have somebody giving me some co- some virtual coaching for free. So I want to set this set the, the baseline for that, Eric, is guys, there's no excuse for us harboring unforgiveness against our fathers. Why we are called to forgive regardless of the other person. And so let's get into it, Eric. Um, thanks for giving us that backdrop. Y'all, I want to give you just a quick, just a quick little tidbit of information. I try to make sure, Eric, that my son at seven, see, he's giving me our time. He's letting me do this without acting up and, you know, showing that he wants attention. So, y'all, I just want you to know, Major right here and Eric, I'm really excited. Major's working on his first book. So we asked Major. I asked Major what he wants to be when he grows up. And we went through that that kind of conversation. And me and Crystal always having with the major said, I want to be an author. So we work on his first comic book right now. He's sitting right here next to me and he's working on his pages right now. His his first few drafts of his comic book. We're not going to tell you the title, but we hope to finish that this week or next week. And major wants to he wants to be an author. And so. To, to, I want y'all to understand something. I'm bringing him in my world so he doesn't want to kick me out of his world. Hmm. And, and, and a lot of people don't understand. I don't want Major to grow up resenting the things that I do in helping others and lose him in the process. Yes. I, I refuse to lose my son in the process while still trying to help others in this blended family thing. That's that's a, a I don't want to be a hypocrite here. So my yeah. point is sitting right here next to me about a foot away. You can't see him, but the little guy is, is drawing and, and drawing out a storyline, and I'm just real proud of him. So um, I just want that little tidbit. It just came into mind, Eric. That being said, let's get to it. I'm excited, Eric. All right, let's go. Let's go. Okay, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Here's how I want to get into, into this, and it just hit me as we were talking. Uh, during the conference, there were some statistics shared during last week's conference. So I had my wife go upstairs real quick and bring me the folder because I wrote these statistics down. So I want to segue into where we're going with these statistics. So Mark is 100 percent of the time when an African-American young man jumps, uh, uh, drops out of high school in Florida, he would visit the prison system. A hundred percent of the time. Now, these are statistics that I'm reading. Seventy-two percent of African American male babies are born into a single parent household. Seventy-two. Sixty percent of Hispanic male babies are born into a single parent households. Fifty percent of Anglo male babies are born into a single parent household. 63% of kids that commit suicide, commit suicide in a fatherless home. And when I heard these statistics, I was blown away. And then the next statistic really blew me away. They base building prison systems on our reading grade level. So if you can't read past the second or third grade, they can really predict and indicate 
how many prison systems or how many prisons they need to build based off of the reading level of our young men. No wonder why the prison system is full of men who are fatherless. So this is why this is important because the statistics bear out whether they are 100% or not. Jesus. The statistics are an indicator that as men, we have to father our children. It's not enough for us to make babies, but it's our responsibility not only to reproduce ourselves, but then we mentor, we father, we pour into, we build young men who in turn will build more young men. Those statistics are staggering. Um, first off, yo, um, uh, look, look, Taria, Marcus, my face looks like yours now. Wow. Eric, um, I, I've read the stories about the prison system and the prison system pipeline is schools, elementary, mid-school, high school, but they're basing on elementary schools. You just confirmed that. That right there, I think um, that's a wow. I, I didn't know that, Eric. I had not heard that statistic. I've heard things around it. That's um, that's sad. That's sad. Um, we've got to do better. And I think, again, we as fathers, and Eric, it, it's an epidemic we're, we're living with. And it, and it goes across racial boundaries. So this isn't yes. a, a white, black, Hispanic thing. This is an issue that must be dealt with. And I think this is where it happens. So to all of you listening out there, here's what I need you to do. I need you to share this broadcast right now because we're touching on something that I think impact, is impacting our young men. And so we're going from the school to the pipeline, the school to the prison system in a very, Eric, I want say that one more time. Give me that one statistic. <laughs> I tried that on there, and I'm I'm blown away by it. Um, so uh, here, the statistics ahead. again they bear out, and what's really disheartening wow. is that Man. once our young men get into <laughs> a prison system, you know that stays on their record. Yeah, and far too often we don't understand that they're not only fighting the record, but they're also fighting society because we already judge them and they have a dual fight on their hands and now they just not every last one of them but most of them they just want a chance to get back into the real world so as we were sitting in this class marcus it was a class full of men and it was total silence because when you hear the statistics you have to reflect on, man, what am I doing to make sure my son or my sons are not counted in those statistics? And if they are, what can I do if my son perhaps was raised the right way and he just went down the wrong path? What can I do as a father to steer him back to the right path that when he is out of the system, now he can be productive in society? So, man, when we were going through these statistics, we were just blown away. So 72% of African-American male babies are born into single-parent households, households with no men. 60% of Hispanic babies 
are born into households with no fathers. 50% of Anglo and then 63% of kids that commit suicide, they are from fatherless homes. Jesus. Taria, if you were listening, can you, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away, but if you can post some of those statistics so the people can see them in the feed, we're going to be taking some of these statistics, Eric, and reposting them along with some of the greater points that, that um, are made during this discussion. But I want to make sure I get this right. 72% of African Americans, percent mm -hmm. of Hispanic. Mm-hmm. 50% of Anglo or what we would say white. Of white. Um, and then what was it? What was the statistic? 60, uh, 72, 60, 50. What was it? 63% of kids that commit suicide are from fatherless homes. Wow. So this is so Marcus, Here's another thing that, that produced silence in the room. So when these young men are born into families, or we say kids born into families with no fathers and they have no formal education because they can't read past the second or third grade level, what do they turn to? They turn to a life of crime that they either have to steal or they have to uh, do things that are not uh, conducive to what should be done in society in regards to honoring the law. So now they break the law and what happens? They're right in the prison pipeline. So if these guys don't have any type of education, no wonder our young men are turning to the life of crime yeah. because they don't have any education. Now, if you're viewing this, you know, the first thing you could say is that's their fault. They need to go to school and they need to, to, to learn how to read and get an education. Man, what I'm learning is the older that I get, the less judgmental I become and the more sympathetic and empathetic I become because everybody is not on a level playing field. And we have to understand that in this society. The playing field is not always leveled. So as men, we have to make sure that we become great dads and we father our young men in such a way that we produce intelligent young men who are productive in society. Man, this is um, this is good stuff, y'all. I'm, I'm just going to say straight up. Um, I want you to look at this. 63% of kids that commit suicide come from fatherless homes. 60. I want you to understand how staggering and sobering that is. Me as a father, Eric, my heart hurts because I'm like, well, you know what, Chris, I need us to be able to expand our resources so we can take in some children because Eric, I'm sure it doesn't delineate between or differentiate between those that grow up in a home with a uh, step up father right. or a mentor. Y'all, I want you to understand some guys why this is so important that we as men, we've got to step up and start doing better because Major, Camille, my children, they're fortunate. 
it sounds like now, Eric, they're in the minority. Mm-hmm. Having having a father in the home, they're they're in the minority. Well, guess what? I can't sit here, Eric, and just say, okay, well, my kids are good. That's not the call that God called us to be. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, in the word of God, it says that we are to take care of the widow mm-hmm. and the orphan. Yes. And the orphan. So men out there, I'm calling on you to tap into resources in your local community, whether it's big brother, big sister, whether it's FCA, whether it's dad university, whether it's all pro dad, there are so many resources out there where you can become a mentor to a child that needs you. You might be the difference between them committing suicide or going to prison or being that absentee father in their children's life when they start producing children. That's what you have now. A lot of boys just producing children, not fathering, but just producing. So go ahead, Eric. Um, Good stuff, y'all. Good stuff. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that before we get into our our stats tonight, that man, that's staggering. And if you're looking at this and you say, well, that stat is wrong, it's not 63%, it's 50%. Well, man, that's still a lot. (laughs) Think about that. That is still a lot. So, again, we have to make sure as dad that we are fulfilling our role and what God calls us to fulfill. And that's making sure that we honor him. This is me as a pastor. But then we honor our family. And one of the best ways to honor your family is to make sure that you pour into, you give back, you mentor. You father that son who's your mini-me. That's your mini-me. And because I have daughters, I have to change the way I father them because they're daughters, not sons. So there's a difference in how I may father them, but I'm still going to hold them accountable. I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to give them a platform like I said last week, that my ceiling is their floor and that I want them to start where I stop. So it's conducive to me as a dad to make sure that I give them a great platform to go farther than I have ever gone in my life. And my wife and I are committed to that. I love that. I'm putting that up there. Our ceiling as a parent should be our children's floor. Setting them up for success. Yes. So as you're typing, we we, we agreed that we're going to stay right on point today. So I just want to share a few of these stats with you. So I'm going to combine the first three. And these stats are from men over the age of 40. And here's the question that was uh, asked of them. What is the one thing you wish you had from your dad? Here's the top three. Is ear his experience and his wisdom. His ear, experience and wisdom. I'm 45 and my dad is going through onset dementia. And I hope I said that right. Um, So we're at those beginning stages of that. So you can already see that he is losing some of his, uh, his memory. But what I try to do right now is to always grab his ear, his experience, as well as his wisdom. 
His long-term memory markers is great. Short-term, I mean, it's happening overnight. Um, so what I have to do now is I have to rely on those things that he taught me from his experience. So in the past, I would just call my dad and say, dad, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And I would listen to him, guide me through some of those tough decisions in life. And what I love about my dad is this. He would say, son, this is what I experience. These are the results of this situation. Now you have to take what I just gave you and apply it to your life and navigate it as best as possible. It's experience. And men over 40, 40, excuse me, they value their dad's experience because now we're a little bit older. We're more mature. When we're young, oh, my dad don't know anything. Think about how many times did you say that? I was like, oh, my dad is old. But now that I am gaining a little steam in life, a little wisdom, I understand, man, dad just had more wisdom. He had more experience and I need his ear. Yeah. You're spot on. Um, wow, guys, this is this is uh, I think um, <laughs> I'm looking back and, and you're spot on, Eric. Uh, the one thing that I know and I'm so glad my dad is living um, and in good health, because those are the three things that I really do lean on him for now is just sometimes I'll call him up. Hey, dad, what do you think? Um, dad, give me your experience. I think one thing that me and my brothers want to do probably a better job of is just going back into his life when he was a child, a teenager, an adolescent, a young man, and asking him, what did you do at this point? What did you do when you were 40, dad, and you were facing this? So you're spot on, Eric. But again, I'm fortunate. Eric, you're fortunate your dad's still living. I think about so many guys that I talk to. I was just deal I was just talking to one of my good friends yesterday at an event. And he said this and it and it I I just I thought about it and he said if my dad had just been around, he said I probably I probably would have went to the league. And he was saying it jokingly. But the fact that he said, because I just didn't have my dad around. His dad wasn't there. It wasn't that he was there. Sometimes his dad just wasn't there. Yeah. And you think about how many men feel that their dreams have been cut off, strangulated, never been able to reach fruition because they just feel they didn't have that support. Eric, this is so key, man. And so I see why the top three are ear experience and wisdom. Yes, go ahead, man. I don't want to stop you. Go ahead. What else? What else, sir? Well, just on that point. So you may have some men that are watching this and they say, listen, my dad is not actively involved in my life, never has been in my life. Uh, I would love to have him in my life. But for whatever reason, he chooses not to be a part of my life. So what do I do? My advice to that man would be you have to find a great mentor. You have to find another another man who's in life where you would like to be in life. And then you can pattern your life after him. Don't try to be like him because you can't be that man. But what you can do is that you can find mentors to help pour into you that you can pour back out what you want to receive out of life. So for me, although I have a great father, 
man, I have five mentors around me, men that I allow to hold me accountable, men to tell me to check my pride at the door, men who will speak the truth, whether I like it or not, men that have been successful in business, uh, men who are godly men. So I try to surround myself with men who are further down the road than I am. They have more tread wear on their tires than I do. And now I can see the tread wear and I can say, man, he's been there. He's done that. How do I pattern my life after the good qualities that he's exemplifying so that I may get in life where I believe God wants me to be? So I want to say that to every man is that you need a mentor. You need someone who's willing to give of himself to you to pour into you all of his good qualities. But watch this, Marcus. But then also to let you know he's not perfect. And although he has all of these good qualities on one hand, don't follow the bad qualities because all of us have strengths and weaknesses. We have plus and minuses. <laughs> you know, we have good and we have bad. But we want people to learn from our bad mistakes, our bad choices, our bad decisions. But then leave that there. But take all the good that you've seen in me and you produce what you want in life based off the good that you've seen from me. Man, and, and I think that's so impactful. I don't think people, Eric, um, understand the power of a hug the power of touch, the power of speaking something into somebody's life. Because Eric, when you become a mentor um, to a young person, you might not be able to see that person every day. You might only see them once a week, but people don't understand just how impactful even that can be. And my dad who works um, with the nonprofit that um, helps at-risk youth, he said something that I think is very true. In the converse or the opposite of the statistics that Eric uh, Pastor that you were mentioned earlier, it says, you know, Marcus, in a study I conducted, I found that children with involved fathers are more likely to have better grades, better verbal skills, more confidence and better physical health. Yes. That's huge. And, and, and Eric, you, you see it. Why? We are in the month of Mother's Day. Mothers are pivotal. I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't be here without my mother or my father, and I love my mother. And it's taken nothing away from women, but now that we're talking about fathers, fathers are so critical because it's almost this pronouncement that happens with a daughter or a son when a father's in the home or a mentor or somebody that can speak to them. And it, it, it brings out another element that, that a, a, a son, and I'll say sons, all right, a son really needs that pronouncement. And I think that's why you have so many men. They've never had that pronouncement over their life. They just never have. They've never learned how to. So some have to do a lot of self pronouncement because they never had the father to do it. So let, let's touch on that, Eric, um, uh, if you can real quick. Let's I want to get your opinion on that. So you said that a, a young man has never experienced a hug from his father. So I'm looking at my notes here. Uh oh, the stat. From men over 40, the question is, what is the one thing you wish you had from your dad? You know what number 15 is, Marcus? His hugs. Wow. See, look at that. <laughs> Spot on. 
Again, I condense this, but a hug. And man, that's why for me, if you notice, uh, there's a, a little boy at our church, Carter. Yep. And Carter and I have this connection now, and I love him. His mother's always bringing him to church. And what I try to do is I try to form that relationship with Carter at the age of three. I believe he's three or four. And I wanted to start there because I want him to know that he is valued by another man. So when I see him, this is not traditional, Marcus, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when he comes into church, I want him right by me. Yep. I'll pick him up doing worship. I want to hug him. I want to love on him. I want him to know he's valued by another man so that when he grows up, that he can reciprocate that to another boy who's coming up the way he did. So man. men on over 40 are saying now, man, I wish I had my dad's hugs. Now that I'm older, I just wish Pop was around just to hug me. Because man. even in that hug, it's the unspoken language of love. Just to be held by your father. And sometimes we think it's just young girls that want to be held. Every now and then, mm -hmm. man, it's nothing wrong with a dad coming up to his son just to say, son, I love you. I just want to give you a hug. Because yep. now you boost his self-esteem. Yep. Now you yep. pour to him those nonverbals. And I, I grew up in a family where there was not a lot of affection. So I believe my father and my mother would, would, if they were on here, they would say that. So what happened to me, Marcus, is we didn't get a lot of hugs growing up, but best parents in the world. Absolutely. We didn't say I love you or not a, a, a lot. So even now for me, I tell my girls, I love you all the time. But for me, I have to work on telling my wife I love you and to be affectionate because I never saw that from my parents. Eric, so we have Eric. to factor that in. That is same here. I absolutely know my parents love me beyond a shadow of a doubt, shadow of a doubt, um, unequivocally. And I say this. My parents owe me nothing, but nothing. I owe them everything, everything. everything that is within me right now. I owe to them. And the point of the matter is, though, because my dad and and he doesn't mind telling you, my dad didn't have his father growing up. He was he was in and out. Right. And, and, and just not there during certain portions. That's what I have to work on. And my wife knows that. Right. I didn't see it. But I, 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 I don't know why it's a little easier with Major and Camille. I just and maybe it's and I know it's it's a different relationship. But with Major, I'm and you see me, Eric, I'm constantly, you know, kissing on that boy. I, I, hey, give me some sugar, son. You know, I tell him, I remember him yeah. thinking that it's it's abnormal. You know, I love what I see the Wayans brothers do. They're constantly, whenever you see them brothers, they're kissing each other on the cheek. You know, and it's joking. You know, they might slap each other on the behind. But my son, I'm constantly kissing on him, hugging him. Crystal's constantly telling him she loves him. I want my daughter. She knows I love her, but I'm constantly now even more telling her I love her on the phone. Because, Eric, it's so critical. And I'm with you, man. But I don't blame my father for that. I don't. It, it, yeah. I don't blame him. He did he did he see that in the home? Probably not. If he was on here right now, he probably say I didn't. But you know what? I can't use that as an excuse for not hugging and kissing on my wife 
um, and use that as the reason why the rationale. So it's, it's an excuse. So here's what happened to me. <clears throat> so again, I see a question about a young lady who wasn't raised by her father, but her grandparents. Awesome. Because grandfathers could be awesome, not a replacement, but to fill in for dad. Because now grandfathers have more tread wear on their tires. They are further down the road. So I believe that when grandfathers are able to step up, or grandparents to fulfill that role, man, I just think that's double blessings, whatever that looks like for the kid. But we also got to remember that our grandparents, they've raised kids. So they don't always have that fight. <laughs> they don't always have that strength. Um, so that's why I say that a young man needs to find another man or an older man needs to find another man who can be a mentor. So here's where I'm going with the hugs and I want to cover a couple of other things. What happened to me was when I got hired on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Wade Hopkins is a overly affectionate white guy. Yes. And if yep. you know Wade, man, I think this guy's never done anything wrong, wrong. Never. Now, I know that's not true. So the first year, Wade would come up to me and he's touchy feeling. Hey, bro, yep. how you doing? And he would touch me. I'd be like, ah, don't touch me. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, because I wasn't raised like that. But over the last 13 years, Wade has rubbed off on me. Yeah. Now, I got to do a better job in my marriage. So my wife is watching. I don't want her to walk around the corner and throw something at me. So I admit that I have to do a better job in my marriage. But what I've noticed is that because I was around a man who loved on me, who would come and pat me on the back, who would look me in the eye and say, I love you. I believe in you. That has rubbed off that now I can go tell other young men who are not my sons, man, I love you. Instead of just dabbing them up, I can give them a hug. Yeah. And I can look them in the eye and say, listen, you are valuable in society. You are valuable in the kingdom. Man, we need more young men to succeed and go back and pull other young men up that more young men can succeed. So again, that list of questions to the men over 40, number 15 was his hugs. I wish I had my father's hugs. Man, Eric, I think again, it's so key, man. And I, and I love when my father hugs me. Um, I hug major, you know, I'm saying this in front of Crystal and, you know, um, Crystal's mom, they're sitting right here. I love accountability and my wife, she loves to give me accountability. So <laughs> yes. I, like you said, Eric, thanks, same here. I'm saying this in front of her. It's something that doesn't come natural to me. Right. But I yeah. want it to come natural with my son. I want right. him to, you know, not not have where it, it's natural. And and so, Eric, we owe it to our kids. We owe it to the others, um, those others that we touch, just like a Carter. And, and Eric, I'll say this. Um, so, you know, <laughs> my, my son and I'm looking at him right now like, OK, he's he's being seven years old. And I love that about him. So um, regarding hugs, how many kids get the wrong kind of hug because yes. they didn't have the right one? Right. Or, and so I'm going to say this to you men out there. If you don't know what that's like and 
or you you did a man did reach out to you, but it was a a an inappropriate relationship, and it has affected you. That's where the real men. I don't want you to give up on fatherhood or that there's good men out there because there was a perverted relationship where you did reach out to a man or a man did reach out to you and was supposed to be a mentor or a father figure and it was inappropriate. I want you to understand this, that you got to forgive that man, but don't give up on fatherhood. Don't give up on it. So yeah, Eric, okay, that's number 15. All right, what's what's the next few ones? Because I know we're, it's 646, and I, I know that we promised our viewers we would not go an hour and 40 minutes this time. <laughs> you see I'm watching a little clock on my computer as well. So. <laughs> oh, man. Here's another one. Financial coaching. They wish they had financial coaching from their dads. And I think about when I went to college. Here's my financial coaching. My dad pulled me to the side and he said, son, when you get to college, don't get a credit card and don't get a checkbook. And I said, why? Son, don't get a credit card and don't get a checkbook. That was my financial coaching. So, Marcus, when I got to Sam Houston State, guess what I did? I went down the little, uh, I forgot what they called it, but they would have all the tables out and they would have yep. all the credit card companies out. And they would say, sign this and you would get a free T-shirt and an apple with a pencil. I remember like it was yesterday. So here yes. I am, a broke college student. I, I mishandled all the money that my parents would send me. So what did I do? I wanted a free T-shirt. I wanted a pencil, a number two pencil, and I wanted an apple. I would fill out those credit card applications and put down the wrong information and the wrong address. And I would still get a credit card. So I had a Diamond Shamrock credit card. If you're over 45, you know about Diamond Shamrock. Dude. Mark, I didn't even because I didn't even have a car. So what I would do is when my friends and I we got broke, guess what we did? We went to Diamond Shamrock. I'm big balling and shot calling. <laughs> I have my credit card, Gatorade on me, chips on me, juice on me. And we would go to Diamond Shamrock and treat it like it was H-E-B. And before I knew it, wow. I had debt. Now, it's on me, but at the end of the day, um, I wish I would have had some more financial coaching from my dad, because I was always inquisitive. Why, dad? He would just tell me, because I said so. Why, dad? Because I said so. But what I realized is my grandfather never coached my dad. So how could my dad give me coaching that he never received? Wow. So men over 40, they wish they had financial coaching from their dad. Wow. Wow. It, it, guys, I want to say this again. If this is helping you or you think you could, this could help somebody that you know, share it, tag them. Um, just share this. I think this is really great information for you women who have brothers or, or fathers. You're, you're a daughter. Or, or you're a wife to a husband. This can also give you great insight to understand some of the challenges your, your husband or father or brother might be facing. So this is, I think, very, very, very key. Uh, <laughs> and, and, 
I'm with you, Cheryl. I'm, I'm with you, but I remember some Diamond Shamrock too. Yes, yes. Thank you for all the comments that are coming through from my wife, um, my mom, Erica, Ebony. Um, I want to also give a shout out to, um, I believe it is, um, was it Pastor Pastor Ghazi, I believe, uh, or Brother Ghazi, I see tuned in. I appreciate that. Cassandra Fields, all you people, Dad, all these comments mean something. People really do go through the thread of these comments and read them. So please add your feedback. We like that. We just want to say, um, Eric, this is really good stuff. Let's go and move to the next one. What else do we have? What else do you have on the uh, survey? Let's combine two. His calmness, but also his warnings. So if you think about your dad, when your dad has enough tread wear on his tires, enough experience in life, he's basically been through almost everything and seen almost everything. So for me, knowing that my dad has been through a lot, I'm hysterical. I'm frantic. You know, I, I'm fearful. I could pick up the phone and my dad had this way of just calming me just by his tone and just by his voice and if we were in person just by his man manual uh mannerisms he would be able just to calm me because he was there and men need dads who just have this calmness about them that while you're just freaking out and you just want to pull your hair out dad is just so calm because he's been there and he's done that. Yep. And now he can give you valuable information to help you as you face your own personal crisis. Absolutely. How many men, Eric, looking at what you just you just said, don't know how to process a situation because they don't know. That's why I think you, you have men sometimes that are so angry. Um, they're so they, they pop off so quick. Because they never had a man show them how to how to handle a situation. So you get a lot of, I mean, and Eric, I don't like talking, a, and I'm not going to go there. But you see a lot of men that just don't know how to handle situations. They're bullies, or they instead of instead of um, they, they react instead of responding two totally different ways to handle the situation. So I think that's that's so key. Another great one. I didn't know this one, but I agree because I call my dad and he's able to calm me down. A lot of times it's just it's just his voice. Just he's not flipping out. He's 70 years old. He's seen it all. It's that calmness. Have you thought about it? And you would get angry. I'll be on the other line like, Dad, you're not tripping. You're not freaking out. No. And all he would say, Marcus, is it'll be all right. You'll get through it. And I would literally look at the phone and say, is he listening to me? <laughs> and I would get back on the phone and I would tell him what I was going, going through. And he would say, son, it will be all right. And this, too, shall pass. Yeah. And I had to realize that. A couple of examples. So I work for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we are a volunteer intense, volunteer driven ministry. So whether it's vision casting or fundraising or board development or strategic planning, 
we're always doing something within the ministry. So I had a guy named Jim Rockmore because I love pulling from different people. We are at a golf tournament and we're in the, uh, the golf court car together and we're riding. And I said, Jim, you've been on staff for 25 years. Can you give me some information to help me along the way? He looked at me and he said, Eric, 25 years. Here's what I will tell you. Never become disappointed in a volunteer. And I said, why? He said, because they're volunteers. They don't get paid for this. Marcus, he had been on staff for 25 years. That's the stuff that we need. An ear, wisdom, experience, calmness, and warnings. Mm. Wow. Wow. Never get, never get, <laughs> never get disappointed in a volunteer. And that has helped me because, again, what he said was a true statement. Eric, they are volunteers. They don't get up thinking about FCA. You do. They don't go to bed thinking about FCA. You do. They're not in FCA five to seven days a week. You are. They are number, you are number five or six on their list. So calm down, take it day by day, and never get upset or disappointed in the volunteer. Well, think about that when it comes to dads. If we had, whether it's a grandfather, a mentor, or a dad in the home, that we can, I would say, borrow their experience, learn from their mistakes, get their perspective on life, because that's number four, perspective on life, to have their calmness and their warnings, man, we would be so much farther down the road. Amen. That's good stuff. Man. That's good stuff. I'm seeing my, uh, you know, Eric, I'm, my life is flashing but before my eyes. As you're saying some of this stuff and you're right, the warnings, the calmness, the wisdom, the ear, the communication. This is, um, I think, so key. Um, man, this is good stuff. You know, Taria, no, dad, dad been there, done that. You're right. <laughs> Most dad, they've been there. They've done that. And I think I want to say this. It does not matter if that that father figure shares your DNA. Mentors are so critical. And that's why, like you said, Eric, FCA is a mentorship a vehicle for mentorship for a lot of these kids. So we got to keep that going. Um, what, what, what else? I know we have about 10 minutes. I want to maybe go till 7:10. So we got about 10, 15 minutes. Let's go ahead and um, let's try to get some more of this information. And, and Eric, what I'm going to do is we're going to put all of this out like I shared with you last week, and we're going to share this on social media, but this is really good stuff. Um, go ahead. Let's, uh, let's go through some more. This is really good. Here's a good one, Marcus. A redo. These are from this status from men that their fathers are no longer with them. So I took a poll of uh, what they wish they had from their dad. And they said real quick, man, without hesitation, a redo. Because there are some things I wish I could have done differently if my father is still alive. So I wish I had a redo. Now with that said, no dad is perfect. And I know we're, we're using this interchangeable term of dad and father, but we're really talking about a dad 
you know, who's there, who's actively involved. So they just said, man, I wish I had a redo. I have so many regrets. So when you have those regrets, somehow you have to deal with those regrets and those pains and those uh, things that just build up in your heart over time. But for those who fathers are still here, and, I, and excuse me for keep saying father, but I would say dad who is still here, man, you, 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 you want to have no regrets. So as I said, my dad is, is, is health. He's facing a lot of health challenges. And I must admit, there are times I become frustrated with my dad. And I have a good friend by the name of Derek Bogany. Derek's father went home to be with the Lord about three or four years ago. He is one of the first people that I call. And I would talk to him and he would say, E, I know. But your dad is there. Calm down wow. and serve your dad. Because wow. when dad is gone, he's gone and he's not coming back. That's and there was one of the people that said, man, if my dad was still here, there are some things that I would do differently. But mm -hmm. Eric, I can't get that back. You cherish the moments you have and you make the most of the moments you have. So you have no regrets. When the Lord calls him home. So a redo. Man, that's some good stuff. Yeah, it's that that right there, I think, is so huge. The whole redo. So so this is I mean, and again, we man, we and, you know, Crystal, I wish I I never met her grandfather, but there's a set of cufflinks that her grandmother gave me um, that he wore because he was a serviceman. And I wear them every time with pride. But I can tell he was a great man because Crystal, um, she speaks nothing but volumes about him um, in her life. And she had a he, he was a good man. And, it, and it's funny when you always see children with a father figure in their life that that added to. There's always this this um, you can you can look in their eyes. You can look in that child's eyes, even if they're 40 years old and you see the love, you see the fact that they appreciated it. And Eric, you're spot on, man. Um, this this is making me say, you know what, uh, Crystal, I'm, I'm driving up to, to Grand Prairie right now. Let me, go, let me go talk to let me go. Let me go spend some time with dad. I'm going to talk to Pops right now. Um, and Major, I know, would be like, all right, dad, can we miss school so I can go yeah. talk to you? And his reason would be to go see Xavier, his cousin. It would be a he, he would want to see Pop, but it would be to see Xavier. But I'm just telling you, that is so key for those of you who have fathers. If you are not doing all you can to repair the relationship and God, sometimes it is unrepairable, but you still have to forgive them. And that's what, Eric, I want to dive into next. Sometimes the, the bucket, the rest, the reservoir that your father wasn't able to carry for you, you've got to be able to forgive him because you're now then carrying that bucket, but you're carrying it with a lot more. It's bigger, it's heavier. And you're asking your children to jump in it. And it's so big, they're drowning in your unforgiveness towards your father, oh your bitterness towards your father. Guys, we've got to stop this trend. Why? Because the statistics at the very beginning of this show indicate that when a father's not absent, and Eric, 
let's be honest. I've seen fathers in the home and are completely absent. And yes. I bet you, I bet you the statistics would still show the same. We've now, got Marcus, do- you, 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 we're about to go deep now. I don't know how far we can go with the time. A couple of things you said. I'm looking at a comment. And I think it's your dad. It says, without a dad, there's a vacuum, vacuum in the son's life. And part of what fills this vacuum is rage. So I met a friend in the store. This friend has, since our meeting is uh, passed on, he went on to be with the Lord. So I met him in Kroger. And we're talking. And he, he looked at me and said, hey, man, my dad passed. And all these years, I thought I had forgave my dad for not being in my life. He said, but Eric, what happened was when I got to the funeral and I got right in front of the casket, I looked in and man, I am the splitting image of my dad. And he said, man, I can't tell you what happened, but I had this rage on the inside of me. And I just started getting emotional at the funeral because I looked like him. I'm pretty sure I behaved like him. I had his DNA. And he said, for the life of me, I could not understand this man that I looked like didn't have anything to do with me. And he said, all those emotions surfaced at the funeral. So for personal reasons, I won't share everything that I share with him. But at the core of that rage, was that his father was missing in his life. So I would say, man, forgiveness is so key. We say forgive and forget. You never forget. So when we say you uh, forgive and forget, that's erroneous. You'll never forget. Your mind is like a computer. But I like what Erica said, and she beat me to it. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for them. It's for you. So that the healing can take place in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. So the forgiveness is for you. So that individual said, man, I had to struggle with that. And I had to wrestle with that even after my dad passed on. So I want to tell some young man who father's no longer here and you are wrestling with that thing. The forgiveness is for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, Christopher Hamilton, thank you for joining. Paula Evans also saying this is so needed. Guys, what you can do for me and really do for some fathers who need this, some wives, some daughters, some sons who need to hear this to understand why their dad might be a certain way, act a certain way. You might need to share this with your husband so he can finally forgive his dad, not forget not forget. You're never going to forget. And Eric, I think we need to we need to state the obvious. There is a void when a father is not in a son or daughter's life. It is a void that only God can fill, not another man. Here's the thing, Eric, like we said last week, my daughter has her biological father. I know that I can never replace him. She just happens to have a a dad who still loves her. So she's got two dads. But my point is, I know my place. I know that I will never replace him. Do I also know that there's a void that 
until he decides to really step in and fill it, there's a void? Yes. How does that affect her? That's a, that's a topic for another show that only she would want to share if she ever wanted to. But my point is we have to really deal with it because I think, Eric, what we're dealing when you see a lot of people in the anger, the rage, how certain things affect people in a negative manner and it projects out in front of other people or on their job or with their family. That is sometimes um, I always say the pathology of a thing that's from sometimes not having a father in a home or or yeah. not have or there's certain things. But Eric, until it's dealt with, until you face the reality that, you know what, I didn't have a father. So how am I going to deal with this? First, you got to forgive him. But Eric, let's go on and yeah, go ahead. You, I, I can tell you want to say something. Yes, sir. No, and I got to be very careful because I know our time is limited. So Pastor Jeffrey Johnson dealt with this uh, this past week. And he said, you can be blessed and broken at the same time. Okay, Ooh. blessed and broken. And what you have to be very careful is, is that you don't let your brokenness overcome your blessings. So this is Erica just asked the question of what you're already answering. How do you help a child deal with the void? Well, this is another way of saying, how do you deal with, how do you operate in, in, in wholeness while being broken? Ooh, right. That's a good one. Now, now, Eric, every time you see me look off camera, it's because you say something. My wife doing one of these numbers. See, I can't take Crystal. <laughs> I can't even have her on this show because she distracts me because she's running around and throwing her hands up. You know, so I'm letting you know. I don't want you to think I'm distracted other than Crystal Holmes throwing up her hands. Like, right. yes, that's it. But go ahead. Answer that. Answer that. So here's, here's, here's where I'm going with that. So blessings, brokenness. So he says there are times when uh, he has to fight his father's DNA. He honored his father, but there are certain proclivities or natural propensities that he has based on his DNA of his father. So same with us, same with our children. So he realized that his father had certain propensities, certain proclivities, and all that is is natural tendencies. And he said he has to fight against those tendencies. So what happened to me was, and I don't know if my wife saw this, I'm sitting at the table and he's talking about being blessed and broken and there has to be a balance. And he looked at us and he said, I want to say something to some man in here who God is blessing, but you have a certain level of brokenness based off of what's missing in your life because of something that happened between your father. He said, you have to be very careful that you don't allow that brokenness to overtake your blessedness. Wow. So to any man, and this is a room full of pastors, he said, you need to forgive and you need to release that. He said, because what's going to happen is you may go too far to the left or too far to the right, that you need to stay right in the middle. And what I mean by too far to the left and too far to the right is that you're going to try to fight so hard against all the stuff that you've seen negative in your dad's life that that's going to drive you too far to the left and you're going to become imbalanced and you need to have a good rhythm. You have need to have a good balance as a man. So you can't go too far to the left and you can't go too far to the right that you have to stay right in the middle and understand, man, you're blessed. And although there's some brokenness, release it. Because when I get old, there are some things that I have done that my kids may pick up 
that was negative and they have to release that as well. So we have to be very careful. And I like what Erica said today. So I use this illustration in church today. I ask everybody to put their palms down and everybody put their palms down. And I said, whatever you're releasing, release it right now. Anger, bitterness, lack of resources, whatever it is, release it, but palm up, receive all that God has given you. And that was based off of a prayer. So I think that goes hand in hand with the being blessed and being broken. At some point, you have to forgive, you have to release, and then you have to ask God to refuel you, to refresh you, so that you can carry out the assignment that God has on your life. So here's a couple of things, and I'm done, Marcus. His okay. Christian leadership and his resilience. His what again? Resilience. You know, just having that, I call it, now this is not biblical, but I call it that bounce back spirit. That's Crystal's word. <laughs> Being able to bounce back. He's resilient. He will never give up. And I've noticed that men from my father's generation, they were, they were very resilient. They were able to bounce back. They, they had this internal fight in them to never allow them to give up. And, and if I can state this as we kind of come to a close, is that I don't see that with the generation behind us of young men. They give up too easy. They want everything right now. Okay, just because you see a man at 70 making a million dollars doesn't mean at 18 you're going to make it. Man, they had to have the strength to fight through some things. They had to earn it. They had to be resilient. It didn't happen overnight. And far too often, our young men, they want success overnight. I'm sorry, that's not going to happen for everybody. And you have to be very careful about having overnight success because overnight success can sometimes produce pride that your character can put you in the basement, <laughs> but your talent puts you in the light. That's well, it. you want the other way around. So the men over 40 said they wish that they had their father's presence and their resiliency. Man, that's, um, I think, so, Eric, I think you're right. Um, Stick-to-itiveness, yes. the, the bounce back, it's, it's, it's something that I think sometimes a lot of our young men do, do miss out on. They become frustrated with life because they're not instantly successful. When it took yeah. years... I, you know, and I'm I'm realizing, you know, my dad, they're they're doing great in retirement. That's from working 44 years at the same job. That's from starting when his, I believe, my dad said his his base. Uh, I think he used to make. I think he it was something like a dollar twenty two a week. To now, he doesn't have to work. He works because he wants to. That's 44 years at the same company. You know, my mom, I believe 30 years at the same company. Wealth, wisdom, experience doesn't happen overnight. It all takes time. And I think that's where we can help our young men. And I think it's what's missing so bad in terms of the rage that you see, the void. It's the, the consistency, the calmness that a man with experience can give a young man. It's it's immeasurable. So I think again, it's it's uh, so key, so key, um, so key. And and in here, Chris, 
Man, so glad you're commenting. Um, Erica, my crystal, this is so key. And, and I love a comment that, that Chris made earlier because I think this is so key. And I want to show it again. It says, I am glad that I learned to forgive my dad. He is the most influential voice in my life. I surely wish so many more men could say that. But if you don't, I want you to find a man. If you don't have a church, global outreach. If you don't, if if, if you don't live on this side of town, hey, uh, Pastor Joel Osteen. If you don't like Pastor Joel Osteen and his ministry, there's other churches, there's other vehicles out there, guys, men. I want you to also know this, and, and Eric, we talked about this earlier. So many men are afraid to go to church because they've been hurt by pastors. And I want to touch on this because I think it's so the, the church was was positioned to be that support system. Right. So I want to say to all the men out there that have been hurt by pastors. Just because it's that pastor doesn't mean all pastors are bad. There are some great ones out there. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to speak it in the affirmative. The majority are amazing. Don't let the ones that hurt you be the reason why you don't have a connection with Christ because you can't be all the man, the husband, the father, the son that you need to be if it's absent of Jesus Christ in your life. Yeah. So go, go ahead, Eric. I'll speak to this as I come to a close is that uh, two, two things, two thoughts on that. One would be this, just as much as men believe that they've been hurt by pastors, pastors have also been hurt by men. Absolutely. So pastors show up Sunday after Sunday, pour out, pray for families, serve, and they have to serve and they have to stand with wounded hearts, people that then dogged them out all week, then talked about their children, then said they stole all the money from the church and not every pastor is taking money. Most pastors I know is giving it back. So that's that's one. It's the second thought. And we have to be very careful is that we're hurt at the job, but we don't quit jobs. We're hurting our marriage, but we just don't run out on our marriage. Our kids hurt us, but we just don't disown our kids. That's it. So at some level, when I hear people say, I don't go back to church because I've been hurt. Okay, well, Monday, when you go to your job and your supervisor hurts you, don't go back. Yeah, just quit. Just walk well, out. I, I guess this is what I'm saying. Perspective. Yeah. Just, just perspective. So if you're a Christian or a non-believer, and we want to encourage you to plug into a local church, Absolutely. to plug into a Bible-based, Bible-believing church that teaches the word of God, that you may mature and grow in your faith. At the end of the day, Marcus, we can't take none of this stuff with us. The cars, I can't take it with me. My house, I can't take it with me. Stuff, I can't take it with me. We've often heard there are no U-Hauls behind a hearse. You can get buried with that stuff, but it's going to stay in the ground. And somebody may dig that stuff up and take it back. All I'm saying is, at the end of this life, man, you want to make sure that your soul is at rest. So, again... To close this up and sum it up, here's a list. 
What is the one thing you wish you had from your dad? This is from men, 40 and older. His ear, his experience, his wisdom, his perspective on life, his calmness, his warnings, his love and support. We didn't touch this, his Christian leadership, his presence, his resiliency. I wish I had a redo. I wish I had financial coaching. I wish I could have learned more from him. And the last thing is this, I wish I had his hugs. Man, that's, that's some huge stuff. Um, well, I'm gonna I, I I'm gonna get all those from you. If you could just email me those, I want to get those written up. And um, you know, we can close on this. You know, my wife, she said it's never too late to try to reunite with dads. And here's her own story. I knew that the value of having your father in your life was so valuable. I told Crystal before we got married, um, and I don't think I've I've shared this on this broadcast. I told her because I wasn't com I wasn't sure she was comfortable with that. But I told her, and she remembers this, I said, I'm not marrying you unless you have a relationship with your dad. You haven't spoken to him in years. I, I can't marry you with you having that void and just no communication. And um, we, 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 did, we did it. And I'm so glad she did because I want Major to know who his grandfather is. Um, there's certain elements in the DNA that are elements that her father, that Crystal's father, Joseph, that major is going to have. And I want to be able to recognize that and give him the recognition that he deserves because Crystal wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So I honor him. But if you see that, you know, she loves to hear his voice. And I love her dad. I, I absolutely love her dad. I want us to talk more. I want him um, to be, you know, a part of um, our son's life, our daughter's life, our life. But my point is, is that, guys, what if you could be the ultimate facilitator for helping your spouse or your son reunite with their dad? You've got to do it. You've got to do it. And I'll say this, y'all, those that are single, any y'all out there single and thinking about marrying that other person, if their father is living and outside of, again, some very, um, I'll say sometimes it's not repairable, but if they don't have the right relationship with their father, you need to ask the whys because it's going to reap its ugly head and there's going to be some challenges in your marriage and in those kids that are an offshoot or produced from that marriage if you don't. So, guys, um, family, blended family, playbook listeners, the family, y'all, this is a great broadcast. I want y'all to share this. Pastor Anderson, we're going to have to have you on again. Man, this is some good stuff. We we gonna have to do this again and in some more topics. But I I am say um and and here's here's Cheryl. It would have, man. See, I you know here's your wife. You're about I, to get in dangerous territory because we're gonna go over our time. <laughs> and we gotta go, you know. I'm not gonna do it. I'm going to exercise some self control. Yes. But see, when you see these comments, man, it, it's. It, Eric, this, I want this platform to be a mechanism for healing um, or to start the process, at least us people be able to communicate. And I just, I love the transfer, transparency of your wife. Um, um, the other people, uh, Chris, Christopher, you know, 
all these comments, guys, we need them. People read these threads. They see the comments. So that being said, me and Eric could go another hour on this because it means something to us. But I want you to do this. Come back next week. We got some more great information and things to discuss. And I promise you this. Pastor Anderson is going to be on here again. We're going to be discussing some other elements of what makes a person successful or what keeps them from being successful. And if you join us and just keep pushing us, we'll, we'll continue to bring you relevant content. All right. This is your boy, the blended family guy, um, Pastor Anderson. I'll see you in a few minutes. I need to bring you your money. Um, that I, 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 <laughs> you better hurry up because... I yeah, need to plug in to see if LeBron going for 55 tonight. I need him to get 55. I need him to even this series or <laughs> I will have a bad night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all, so this is some good stuff, man. Hey, Cheryl, all right, I chose not to make excuses for making bad decisions because he wasn't there. That's huge. And I see that. I see that. So, Cheryl... This is good stuff, man. And I hope y'all read these stories. People really do. So the comments, keep them coming even after on the rebroadcast. This is good stuff. Read the threads. This is really, really good stuff. All right. There's my dad. Hey, guys. And y'all, I just want y'all to know my dad and mom, the fact that they listen to it is enough for me. My mom and dad, you know, when he says great show, that's that validation that I need. Eric, we got to end this show. But this is all of what we're talking about. Right. Chris, you know, she's on it. My 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 mom, Crystal's mom's on it. But I love when my dad, he says, we're a great show. I'm good. I, 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 I'm my, I'm 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 LeBron James right now, Eric, because Eric, we got to go. This is some good stuff. Eric, I got to go. We, Eric, let me end this show. Thank you again for joining us. Please tell Cheryl, Aaron. Um, Kiki, thank you for allowing me to have your time. Thank you for them adding to the discussion because they make up you. They're, they they make up Pastor Eric Anderson. So please tell them thank you. I'll see you in a few minutes, all right? But y'all, blended family, I'll see y'all next week, 6 p.m. sharp, central, and we're going to have some more good stuff, all right? Talk to y'all later. Have a good night. Thank you. <laughs>